everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio, featuring the crew. We're a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Premier Podcast of Strength Conditioning. I'm John. And Tex. And we are here to answer some questions from the hotline. We got this little thing called the hotline. (laughs) It's always hot and it's always open. So if you got questions, shoot them over. 929-464-4640. 929-ing-ing-0 if you're into that type of stuff. So from the hotline, we pull questions. We answer them here. And we do these episodes on Power Athlete Radio. And we are excited to answer this one today. Yes. All right. And this is a text, so I'm going to deliver the text. I'll have to get the phone number for the area code, and we'll just call them by that name. But this is a good one. I enjoy these thought-challenging questions. Mm. To say thought-provoking is to say something of a daily stoic? Maybe. So stoicism? I don't know. I'm really... Is this a question that maybe Marcus Aurelius would have answered? I believe you have some reference from him to provide guidance. All right. Well, you know, I was a rhetoric major. I know. If you, if you haven't already listened to the podcast. Where'd you go to school again? Uh, this, it's a small, very conservative <laughs> school in Northern California called UC Berkeley. Interesting. All right. The question, in my training environment, it seems to be a lot of excuses for why a workout wasn't good. Guys seem to be overly focused on other people's numbers. I feel like we losing we are losing what it means to be a man it is disappearing and it's scary to me a man is someone who's focused on their family and what they can control in their sphere of influence the goal should be to be a better person physically and mentally what does it mean to be a man to the power athlete crew Wow. It's such a loaded question, just in such trying <laughs> times, because uh, the definition of, of uh, humanity and man, woman, and, and everything has become somewhat malleable in a lot of ways. But I think if uh, you are able to kind of look back into antiquity and look at like, you know, what were some determining factors and uh, like we were joking about as a rhetoric major, it was also a classics major. And, you know, we read everybody from Cicero as a, you know, the modern rhetorician, but also uh, Stoicism and Seneca and, and, you know, Marcus Aurelius and meditations. And I was very fortunate to read all this stuff long before it was in vogue. And one that always stuck with me was uh, one of Seneca's, which is don't stumble on something behind you, which is always a pretty good one. And I think about this constant because we have this uh, humans have this ability to remember and we have this like instant memory piece where, you know, somehow we're trying to right the wrongs of the past or somebody wronged me or somebody did something. And instead of just letting it go and realizing that I can't change the past, I can only affect the future. And if I allow the past to affect my future, then effectively I'm not doing what I need to do. And that idea of like, don't stumble on something behind you has always been super impactful and something I think about almost every day, you know, cause it's really easy to sit back and put together, uh, you know, collections of all the ways you've been wronged or how this isn't going well, or I wish I was doing this, or if only this had happened. And unfortunately, while it's a, you know, an exercise in futility, it doesn't matter. All I can focus on is the here and the now and what I do in the future. 
and the type of person that I become. A lot of times uh, people start living their present trying to somehow right the wrongs of the past. And that doesn't work. I mean, I think the if anything, what 2020 and 2021 have taught me is that it's arrogance to think that you can analyze the past with the lens of the future. You have to look at the past as the past and you have to learn from your past and learn from, you know, uh, history and and the idea of like, I'm going to learn from history because those of us that don't remember or know history are doomed to repeat it. So you use it as an example of what not to do. And if I have to, you know, make the same mistakes over and over again, that's something my dad talked to me all, all the time about. He said, if, uh, if you have to make every mistake yourself, you're going to have a very painful life. You have to learn from the mistakes of others. And when you do make a mistake, you can't keep remaking that mistake. And if you do, you're, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be able to progress. And you're always going to be stuck in this loop. And, um, you know, that one has been huge for me. So I like that point where it's do not stumble, but we're still using the the reflection. We're still learning from previous mistakes. One thing I would reference was from our podcast with Harrison Bernstein in the term, the coaching scars, yeah. where we've experienced poor coaches and that may be them applying their negative feelings or scars on us as athletes versus now in a coaching position, still not stumbling on those experiences from the past, but now using that to listen and catch a mistake before it happens to then ensure that you're providing the proper guidance to the athlete. So you're not stumbling upon the past, but you're still using it to, to progress and better someone's future. They're enhance their perspective without yeah, falling into that trap of the old, the old coach. Well, the other one too. Um, and I think the, the question is, is an interesting one in that, uh, there's this kind of historical almost, uh, like definition of what we think humanity is or not humanity, but just masculinity. Right. And I know masculinity is an interesting topic, especially in 2021, where you start reading, you know, one side of the aisles talking about this, you know, feminization of men and the destroying of masculinity and toxic masculinity, uh, you know, and a lot of that's in, you know, kind of in, uh, like, you know, in contrast with, you know, kind of the American value of like John Wayne, for example, is like an iconic male figure. You know, the guy that rides up with the six shooter on the hip and, you know, don't worry, little lady, I'll fix your wagon kind of deal. And, you know, your town's under attack and I'm going to do the the noble thing to to fight. And I think uh, when you look at a lot of the stories and you look at a lot of like, you know, just good cinema, there's that p- picture of like the stoic, the the man, the uh, this iconic figure of masculinity who, you know, does the right thing in the face of, you know, certain death and destruction and whatnot. And, um, I think that, uh, that's not wrong. I mean, I, I think, you know, our, our caller or texter is writing something about masculinity and how he views it. You know, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, are you a good person? You know, and I'll, I'll go to another Stoics, uh, from Marcus Aurelius, uh, waste no time arguing about what a good man should be. Just be one. And that's another one I think about constantly because all too often, I mean, if you turn on any type of social media, any type of news, there's this constant argument about good and evil and bad people and this. And I think a lot of times people are dwelling on these things rather than just doing the right thing. And a lot of times, you know, uh, the right thing is sometimes the one that benefits you the least. And it's very rare that an individual will act in interest, not in their own 
because it's the right thing to do. And I think that's at least with my definition of, of, uh, of quality human beings. And it doesn't have to be manhood. It can be women as well. Just to be a good human, you need to always look and say, Hey, you know, this might not benefit me, but this is the right thing to do because everybody knows right from wrong. I don't give a shit how you skin this thing or, or how you sell it to yourself. When you close your eyes, you know, right from wrong, you know, whether or not you did the right thing, you acted properly, how you've been wronged. And I mean, this is the stuff you do when you close your eyes at night and, you know, to go with that idea of like, don't stumble on things in the past, but be aware of them, see them as obstacles and don't remake those same mistakes. And then at the end of the day, everybody knows what a good person is. And, you know, how far we get out of this stuff, you know, and, and I, I don't care what your, um, you know, race, creed, sexual, you know, sexual orientation, any of that stuff. Good people are good people. And, and I think if we can judge people, um, not on the color of the skin or, you know, sexual preference or any of that stuff, but on the quality of their character, I think we'll get a lot farther. And to pull in a couple previous podcasts as reference, first is the Stephen Kotler. And um, I'm going to connect this to our, our next guest here, but he talked about the importance of just taking action, just, um, I'm going to use the environment because our boy with the the note on the Stephen Kotler podcast, the importance of where we would re- reference it as virtue signaling mm-hmm. of telling people about your goal to the action you're stepping to fix the environment. So you keep on telling these people, oh, this is, I'm an environmental activist or I'm activist of XYZ. I'm doing this because what one, two, three, whatever reasons. And as soon as you talk about it with other people, you're getting that dopamine releases if you're actually doing something, mm. even though you're not. And then referencing now the John's podcast where he talked about the climate change fitness. It's us doing these little things like recycling or avoiding the plastics and doing these things. So it's not just the pushing that, out the message. The part of his podcast that still haunts me is him talking about leaching plastic. And like a hundred years from now, we're going to be like, oh, there's going to be, uh, you know, commercials. Did you eat your food out of plastic? If so, call this number. So like now I think about like uh, aluminum foil and plastic and, you know, cooking. And, and uh, I read an interesting article that talked about a connection between like cooking on aluminum foil and Alzheimer's, you know? What? Oh yeah. So, Shit. so now you got to do uh, parchment paper. So I upgraded to parchment paper. So, well, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, man, there's, it's a, it, it's a really, really interesting time. Uh, because, and, and I, I told somebody this the other day, you know, this idea that like, you know, everything's under attack and, and, you know, uh, just everything's coming in around me. And I always tell people when you feel like that, just turn off your social media. If you deleted your Twitter, you deleted your social media, all of a sudden now, no longer are these really big issues. And, um, you know, and it's I, very true. Yeah. I mean, those become our conduits for, you know, like, uh, like my, my class or like the most ridiculous thing. And probably one of the, the, the most traumatic things I've ever heard is, uh, kids committing suicide from online bullying where, you know, this happens online and people are creating phony accounts and attacking these kids. And it's so insurmountable that they end up taking their own lives. And I'm, and I always think like, if, if you were a parent and that was your child and you observe this, when you just get rid of the Wi-Fi delete all their social media, move to somewhere where there is no Wi-Fi or it's really crappy and you got to get dial up. I mean, would that solve those problems? I don't know. I mean, assuming the parent observes it. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one. 
and then being switched on enough as a parent to talk to your kids and to be observant and not just let them kind of float through life because, uh, the world is, uh, you know, can be a very dangerous place and very different from where we grew up. I mean, you know, the fact that like, uh, this is, this is a classic one. My kids have zero phone etiquette. So do you remember as kids? Oh my The goodness. phone would ring. Yeah. My mom and dad had this whole script that when that was written by the phone, when you picked it up, you had to like, hello, you know, well-born residents. I'm John. How can I, you know, like, you know, basically it's, it's a script. Right. And then we had to write and take down notes and take down somebody's number and talk to them. And you created this phone, whole phone etiquette. I realize now that we don't have a home phone. We have cell phones. When they ring, it's for us. There's no general phone for them to answer. And when the phone does ring, I hand it to them. They look and they know who's calling. Right. So it's pretty fascinating that they just don't have phone etiquette. Well, there's also, and we've experienced this, email etiquette. So some of our former interns, very, I'm not, not TC and Luke, other interns that we've had, very incredibly, awfully poor email etiquette, yeah. not one ounce of professionalism within there. And now interacting with many different young coaches seeking guidance, advice, and all that good stuff, I'm almost taken aback by the lack of email etiquette. So that's my first tip or any guidance. I don't even answer their question. I organize and outline how they could have responded or reached out better. If we were to give and, uh, you know, man, I wish I had some, some really pointed advice for this individual, but I think he's, he's already onto it. I think, uh, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's not losing manhood, but I think as a, as a person who's trying to navigate this time in this world, I think you're, you will do a lot better if you focus on your own achievements, because what, what I've noticed with social media is it's a snapshot into everybody else's achievements. You can spend all day looking there and seeing what other people are doing, I, people putting their best foot forward. I'm not going to let you use the word achievement because well, that means something. In uh, the, okay. So, so what would be a word different than achievement? Uh, they're just doing it. They're doing it, Jerry. They're not just doing it. It's, it's, it's just the it's the nice it's the perfect piece of the pie in their life that they're showing out. They're mm-hmm. not showing the 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 rest of their shit. The crust. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So we're I'm not able calling to, it an achievement because that like is hard work and, and process. Well, but there are people with on social media that are doing hard work and are processing and also achieving some amazing things that they're letting people see on. Now that's not everybody, but there are people that are doing that. So I think a lot of times because these channels come in at us, I think a, a lot of times is that kind of FOMO where you have this fear of missing out or everybody's doing it better than me and there's some depression associated with it. And that's a very real thing. So then looking at it and being like, how do I as an individual live my best life? What are the things that I want to accomplish? If all of a sudden this experiment of the internet just went away and social media disappeared tomorrow, you know, EMP blast goes up and next thing you know, we're, we're all living in the stone age. How would you connect with people. How would you be seen in your community? Who are you as an individual? How does your family view you? Yeah. Would workout scoreboards matter? No. And you know what? We would still go up and bang weights every day and our trucks would still run because we're good. Yeah. The MP goes (laughs) off. All of our trucks are still running and we'd be able to go live our lives. So I think, uh, I value the opinion, not of strangers. And I think that's another really interesting thing with social media where people are looking for the admiration of strangers and people they don't know well, over the people who yeah. they are connected with most. 
uh, I think a greater representation of who you are as an individual or the people you're around and how people are viewing you. I mean, there could be millions of people online, social media who love you, but you're an absolute morally bankrupt piece of shit in person. Like that feels very disingenuous. Yeah. Well, so if this is a leaderboard centered focus, well, compare yourself to yourself. Well, I mean, you're who you were yesterday. You're always going to have people, you know, especially in this kind of like faceless, nameless, you know, social media online experience that are always going to, you know, want to quantify everything. Well, if only I'd done this, if only I've done that, because very few people have a have a difficult time really just taking the bull by the horns or really saying, Hey, you know what? I didn't do well today. Or, you know, my numbers were off, uh, you know, no excuses, um, or just don't say anything. But I, I always wonder why people have the kneeling or have the, like the feeling like they have to say something. But I think what humanity, and I, I'm not going to use manhood because I think this extends far past that is being a good person. Don't argue about what a good person is. Just be a good person. Everybody knows what they are. And if you don't send me an email and we'll go through it. Uh, don't stumble on things in the past, you know, make sure that you take care of those around you. Try to be your best self, try to live your best life, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, be able to get up each day, be able to, you know, take value. And I think a lot of times, uh, you know, people don't value what they have. Like the fact that I can get up every day and kiss my wife and see my kids, you know, um, I don't get to talk to my dad, but I get to talk to my mom. And that sucks. I don't get to talk to my dad, but I still get to talk to my mom. Uh, just being able to kind of embrace those things and, you know, simple joys. Uh, uh-huh. Like I really enjoyed watching Tom Brady beat the Chiefs and I played for the Chiefs. I really just enjoyed seeing the best in the world play on the biggest stage and fucking absolutely dominate it. But the refs, John. Yeah, but you know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, but it's it's like for all the hate and for all the bullshit and, and people were so against Brady for everything. I'm like, man, all I want to see is the best in the world on the biggest stage play the greatest moment and, and have their moment and do the best to me. Then I, I get to take part in a little bit of that greatness. And um, I think a lot of times everybody's hoping for everybody's ruination. Like, oh, God, I hope Tom Brady loses. He's married to Giselle. He's rich. You know, all these things. He's played 20 years. He has everything. I just hope that he somehow falters. And I'm like, man, I want to see that dude just put his foot on the gas pedal and do it even better because it gives me optimism that like, this is what's attainable for us as humans. And the dude's kicking ass, man. He's living his best life and he's fucking blowing it past it. Oh, he's killing it. Oh yeah. I mean, what he, this is what his 10th Super Bowl, and he's won seven of them. Uh huh. I mean, it's pretty impressive. So in the last 20 years, the guy's played in 10 Super Bowls and he's won 70% of them. It's gotta be the best winning percentage in, in pro sports. Oh, yeah. He's reached Michael Jordan. He's past Jordan. Oh, in terms of number of championships, yeah. correct. Jordan But in six. terms of, I mean, they're, they're right now. They're on the same level now. So they, uh, I saw a statistic that um, the Tampa Bay Bucks were the only team to score over 30 points in all the, in all the playoff games hmm. in NFL history. So, I mean, there are some really amazing things. I mean, they went from a team who didn't have a chance. You bring in a great player. Next thing you know, they got a Super Bowl, it, uh, which shouldn't happen in pro football. One player in pro football should not make a difference like that. And you know what? Just goes to show you that, well, when you bring one player in who's the best to ever do it and then, you know, the intensity in which he plays and just everything about it. I love it. And I mean, he wasn't pointing the finger and bitching and moaning about dudes. He was encouraging and pushing them to be the best version. 
Yeah. That they could be. But uh, that's him on the field. I mean, I, I know Tom personally. But uh, to speak to this individual that we received the, the message here from, pointing at other people and saying, no, they're not this, this and that versus yeah, holding put, them to a higher standard. And putting the, uh, putting the, um, the emphasis on yourself. But I'll tell you this. I mean, at the end of the day, for all that success, I mean, Tom Brady still gets up, puts his pants on the same way, probably still has the same drama in his life that everybody has, goes through the same ups and downs and, you know, the human aspect. I mean, the only guy who's really living in Candyland and living in a fairy tale is Gronk. And I just don't, I think it's because that dude is just, he's the Forrest Gump of the NFL. I decided to run. So I was running. Next thing I got a shrimp farm. And I think Gronk, if you look at it, he's like, I was retired. I was unhappy Gronk. Now I'm happy Gronk. And I want another Super Bowl Gronk. That dude. I love him. So. Yeah, and they're coming back. And they're coming back. But I, man, the, I, I think it's really in vogue right now uh, to kind of get on the, uh, you know, uh, to argue on the side of this idea of humanity and this and, you know, what it means to be a man. And you read, you know, stuff with, like we said, with toxic masculinity and all this. And I think it's all fucking bullshit. I think everybody knows what it is to be a good person. Now you can argue about it, but at the end of the day, everybody knows what a good person is. Get up, uh, take care of your friends and your family, do what's right. Uh, get up and train, eat your vitamins, you know, say your prayers. Basically the Hulk Hogan had it right. Just do what the Hulkster said and you got to be a pretty good person. Not as the Hulkster did. <laughs> well, I mean the Hulkster when he was part of WWE, remember you got to take the vitamins. Oh yeah. You got to say your prayers. You got to get your workouts in and you know, you got to do all the whole stuff right. Yeah, not as he did, though. Uh, I would sum this up to answer the question here. What does it mean to be a man to the power athlete crew? In my opinion, a single word responsibility that could be towards your family, your immediate things that you need to take care of, cleaning your own house, paying your own bills and not worrying about what other people are posting on the 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 workout boards. The personally, the how I instilled responsibility to be a better person or a better version of myself was starting to coach the lacrosse team. Mm -hmm. So even though it's a middle and I could, I'm not going to put this on my resume, it's still, okay, we have a game on Saturday. Guess what I'm not going to do? Go out and drink on Friday night. I'm going to go to sleep early. Come on, McQuilkin. No, it's, it's personal rule now in play. I'm huh? not going to drink before we have a practice. I'm not going to drink. Are you going to drink at practice? No, of course not. Not, <laughs> so, so in, it's putting myself where other people are relying on me in a position where I, I'm the, I'm like Tom Cruise and Top Gun. I don't have a family like Luke Goose. Now he's not here. I can call him Goose. Uh, so yeah, I don't have the instilled responsibility of a Goose in, in Top Gun. Now I. Have you put, seen the previews for the new Top Gun? Holy shit. Oh my God. I posted it on well, my Goose's son's in it. I posted it on my Facebook and you know what? I, I had goosebumps for the full seven minutes. I'm watching the, the preview. It was goosebumps. Oh, I know. Yeah. Miles Teller plays Goose's son. This is the whole plot. I, you could not, you could not ask for a better movie. Oh yeah. Well, in, and masculinity to, oh yeah. Tom Cruise, the, to represent responsibility. He is now in the teacher's seat. And empowering these young ones to get their lives in order externally. So when they strap up and strap into their planes, they're focused on what matters. I, I did like his line where he's like, man, I thought you guys would never invite me back here. And, and the guy's like, it's called orders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great writers. The, uh, the best. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Amongst others that just 
if got canceled <laughs> if um and, and if anybody really is interested in any of the uh the kind of the writings of the past and some stuff from antiquity and really want to get into stoicism and you mean marcus aurelius and seneca and a lot of that um it's a really interesting deep dive and you know these guys uh really intelligent powerful thinkers really analyzed themselves and who was around them and looked at this stuff in a different way and uh, I always think like they didn't have any of the distra- I mean, I guess they had daily distractions like they got to feed themselves, fight off. I mean, there's a million other things. I mean, nothing changes. But it's really interesting that these guys were able to kind of come together and think in these groups and how they progress themselves. And they thought in the way they analyzed so much so that here we are thousands of years later and the information is still very, very relevant. And you read it and you're like, well, I mean, so, you know, thousands of years ago, the man wrote like, don't stumble on things in the past. I mean, it's still applicable to today. And so if you want to dig into that stuff, I highly recommend it. It's always good and thought provoking. All right. Anything else? That is it for this. Well, and if you thank liked, you for sending in your message. Yeah. If you like this podcast, please go to anywhere that you can review uh, a podcast, whether that be on iTunes, whether that be on Spotify, any way that you're listening to us, you can review us. Just smash the review. Give us five stars. And if you leave us a colorful, exciting comment with that five stars, we'll read it here on the podcast. That is correct. And if you got a question and you want to hit us with the hotline, 929-464-4640-929-0, the hotline is always open. It's always hot. And we're always accepting questions. And hopefully if you leave us a good one, we'll answer it here. And uh, it's good for me. All right. Until next time. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to PowerAthleteHQ.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit Academy.PowerAthleteHQ.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!